The Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and a very good evening. Welcome to the airways of the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. You're with myself, Muhammad Zain Majita, keeping you company for the next hour, insha'Allah. Well, as always, it is Q&A and our lines are open immediately and it's quite easy to send through your questions and the very, very easy way to do it is, of course, SMS us your questions to the number 47913. That is 47913. Simply type up your question and you send it through to that particular number. Alternatively, if you uh, can't type, you're more than welcome to phone Abida and she will take down your question on 021-442-3530. But obviously that is a long way. And very importantly please do that early so that we can uh, attend to your question joining us uh, this evening all the way in durban none other than mufti abdul qadir hussein assalamu alaikum mufti wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh brother muhammad zain barakallahu feekum shukran jazeelan mashallah how's durban this evening mufti alhamdulillah wonderful weather yeah everything is fine alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah. Well, of course, as I said to the listeners, that uh, SMS number 47913. First question, Mufti, it says, uh, uh, Mufti, when standing behind the Imam, do we need to read anything? Can Mufti please explain? When I stand behind my husband and he recites so fast that I cannot keep up, what do I do? All praise is due to Almighty Allah the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When a person, male or female, is reading behind the Imam, then according to Al-Imam Shafi'i, Rahimahullah, the Muqtadi, the person who's following, must read Surah Fatiha, if he or she does not read Surah Fatiha, then the Salat will be null and void. La salata illa bi fatihatil kitab. So in every rakat you have to read Surah Fatiha, otherwise your Salat will be null and void. And remember that according to the Shafi'is, this is compulsory. 
according to the Hanafis, you don't read anything behind the Imam as far as Surah Fatiha or Surah goes. You just read Subhanakallahumma and then in Ruku and Sajda you read behind the Imam that is Subhanallahim, Subhanallah and Sajda. And then in the sitting posture, Tahiyat and Salawat, so that all the scholars agree on. So when your husband is reading so fast, you must tell him that he must break his breath and give you a chance to read Surah Fatiha at least, otherwise your Salat will not be valid. Shukran indeed, Mufti. Uh, on to our next question. Um, it says, I'm a man married for many years, alhamdulillah. The only place I am not contented is when when I do call my wife to bed. It seems that the other part of the question never came through, Mufti. It seems that sometimes the wife might not be responding immediately, and then you know a hungry man is an angry man. So what should happen in a case like that, husband and wife, when the children are not around, then both of you have a heart-to-heart discussion, and then you need to explain to her that it is a case of priorities, that you want to fulfill your conjugal rights, and she says she wants to make one cook sister or three cook sisters, <laughs> or she wants to do some sewing or whatever else. Remember all that will be secondary. Then she should rather come to you and you fulfill your conjugal rights. So both parties should try and compromise with one another. Hunnah libasul lakum wa antum libasul lahun. The Quran Kareem states that they, the wives, are the garments for you, and you are the garments and the clothing for them. So marriage is a partnership, not a dictatorship. So in that way, inshallah, read Surah 25, verse 74. رَبَّنَا هَبْلَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَاتِنَا قُرَّةَ O Almighty Allah, grant us such spouses and children that are the coolness of the eyes and read, Ya Wadud, Ya Wadud, Ya Wadud. It is the attribute, the name of Almighty Allah, O Almighty Allah, enhance our marriage with love. So inshallah, not only the bodies will come closer, but the hearts will unite and there will be unity of thought, inshallah. <coughs> Shukran, indeed, the voice there of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Husseini on uh, The Voice of the Cape. And of course, uh, joining us this evening all the way in Durban. Remember, you can send through your questions via the SMS line on the number 47913. Uh, next question, Mufti, it says, uh, if all four madahib follows Rasulullah then why should a person follow only one? Why distinction in ideology only after Rasulullah? Remember that Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sometimes would do different actions on different times. So when we say follow the four schools, so it is a matter of interpretation. So I was in Cape Town last week. We never ever say that I follow the Hanafi school and now the Imam is a Shafi'i, so I won't follow him. So we follow the Shafi'i school. I follow the Shafi'i school and I go to the Hanafi masjid or where the Hanafi Imam is, so that is fine. So remember, we all belong to the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, and this has to do with difference of interpretation. So it is nothing wrong with that, because this difference of interpretation occurred even during the time of Nabi alayhi salatu salam. And Quran Sharif speaks of Nabi Dawood and Nabi Sulaiman alayhi salatu salam. In one incident, both Anbiya gave different verdicts with Dawood, with Sulaiman, is yahkuman ifil harf. So it shows that this can happen, that for one incident you have two different verdicts. 
and all Allah praise both of them. So all Allah says we gave both of them the judgment and the knowledge and so forth. So therefore there is no dichotomy and big problem in this. We will say that Islam allows this type of diversity. Shukran indeed. The next question, it says, it's the second time I hear women must obey when the husband wants to be intimate. What about when the woman wants intimacy and the husband rejects her mufti? Almighty Allah, Jalla Wala states in the Noble Quran, So you must remember, وَلَهُنَّ مِثْلُ الَّذِي عَلَيْهِنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَلِلْرِجَالِ عَلَيْهِنَّ دَرَجَةِ which means that the women also have similar rights over the men, like the men have rights over them, and then Almighty Allah states the man is one degree higher because he's the captain. So that also Islam has taken into consideration where the wife wants her rights to be fulfilled and the husband every day say no, he's tired and retired, he has oat and coat and others. So that also is wrong. You must remember the wife they cannot be left starving also. So what she needs to do is she should seduce him and then everything will wake up inshallah. Inshallah. Remember, send through those questions via the SMS line on the number 47913. That is uh, 47913. And of course, uh, it's the voice of the Cape's Q&A. And uh, answering your questions on the line, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain. Welcome back. We continue with the Q&A on The Voice of the Cape. SMS us your questions to the number 47913. Next question, Mufti. It says, uh, can Mufti please advise on trying on how to get over the fact that my mother-in-law doesn't like me and wanted her son for another woman? Whenever we are there, she always looks for a way out as to not uh, spend time uh, with me. And she always refer back to people that... Um, I don't know what's the rest of the SMS they didn't come through, but basically, clearly this problem with the daughter-in-law and the mother-in-law, Mufti. The only way you will win over your mother-in-law, dear daughter-in-law, is three ways. Number one, you have to make khidmat. Khidmat means that you try and make her happy with your actions. That is, you take a gift for her, you serve her, you know, make nice tea or parcel or whatever. And your good character will be the second thing. So she is fighting you with fire. You fight her and, you know, retaliate with water. Not fire with fire, but fire with water. So one is your good character and noble character. And one is khidmat that you go the extra mile to win her over. And third one is very effective is dua. So just say, Allahumma alif bayna kulubina. 
اللهم الف بين قلوبنا او اولمجد الله برند الفا د محبه د لاف وتنا وحات اوبيسلي شي شي ويل نوت تريت يو از ا دوتر اند يو كان نوت تيك هير از ا مادر ان ذا سينس هاو يو تيك يور اون بايولوجيكال مادر بت بيكوز شي از ويت ديس ابوينتد شي وانتد سم ون ايلس فور هير دوتر ان لو اند هير سن تشوز يو سو ديرفور شي از فيلين ديس ابوينتد اند فراستريتد اند ديرفور ميكس ا كويك اكزيت سو يو ماست جست شو ديت نو وات يور هازبند ديد واز ذا بيست تشويس ان شاء الله مين ثينج از يو ماست نوت سيفتايز ويز هير you keep on making salam and make dua for her so that is sufficient for you from an islamic perspective shikam mufti can mufti please give mufti's opinion on ash'ari aqiq aqida mufti we must remember we the ahlu sunnah wal jamaa believe that whether a person accepts the ash'ari or the maturidi so all this is part of the ahlu sunnah wal jamaa when you look at the great great shafi'i scholars so many of them were ash'aris and so forth so nobody can say that they never belong to the ahlu sunnah wal jamaa so remember that the ash'aris are part of the ahlu sunnah maturidi is a part of the sunnah these are all academic discussions and alhamdulillah we allow this type of diversities you must remember that they are certain issues but they all belong to the ahlu sunnah wal jamaa This question, Mufti, uh, is it true that Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu had suicide thoughts after receiving a revelation? I read this on the internet, www.answeringislam.org, Mufti. We must be very, very careful, the websites we go to and all that, to say suicide thoughts is definitely wrong. We don't agree with that translation and so forth. Therefore, in English, we say that a translator is a traitor. meaning nabi alayhi salatu salam for the first time experience wahi and revelation quran kareem states inna sanulqi alayka qawlan saqila that we send upon you o mustafa sallallahu sallam something very weighty something very heavy so it was something very very difficult for nabi alayhi salatu salam so that was should be the the translation not to say commit suicide that is incorrect and remember we totally reject that translation Mufti, I have a very good husband. He works hard, always helps everyone. Good father to his children and son to his parents. But when it comes for him to give attention to me, his wife, and see to my needs, he lacks a lot. Is it wrong of me to shut down, uh, to not feeling hurt and disappointment? Uh, I have a husband in name, but nothing else. Remember, sister, what you need to do is educate your husband sometime what happens in a marriage now you are married one year five years 10 years so the partner the husband is taking his wife for granted and so forth so make notes of what answer i am giving you surah 4 verse 19 surah nisa verse 19 the quran kareem states wa ashiru hunna bil ma'ruf all mutallahis commanding the husbands you must treat your wives with equity love and respect So this is a command and an injunction from Almighty Allah. Second one, Mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Hadith Sharif, mentioned in Mishkat Sharif, "Khairukum khairukum li ahlikum, wa ana khairukum li ahli." The best of you are the best of you to your wives and your children. I, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the best to my wives and my children. The Hadith in Mishkat Sharif, the whole world can say you are good, but if your wife and children say you are bad. by allah and allah's nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam you are bad and vice versa 
So therefore, brother, you are doing so much for your parents, for your siblings, for other people, but you're not doing good for your wife and not justice. Remember, you're just like a border there and just sleep there and so forth. That is totally wrong. The older you are with your wife, the more love and compassion you must show to her. She made all the sacrifice of leaving her parents' home, her place of birth, to spend the remainder of her life with you. So what a big sacrifice she made, and you must always appreciate that and make dua together and start ta'alim in your houses to take Riyadhul Salihin, mashallah, it's in English also, and in that way you start ta'alim in your house, things will change, inshallah. Shikan Mufti, our SMS line number 47913, that is 47913, you can send through all of your questions. Uh, next one says, my Christian dad wants to leave his house to me when he dies. How does he go about doing this, Mufti? Okay, yeah, there's a two, three issues we need to discuss. Number one is Surah Luqman, verse number 15, one five, all Magdala states, Wasahibuma fid dunya ma'rufa. You are the daughter, you are the son, you are Muslim, alhamdulillah. Your father or your mother or both of them are Christian. So in this worldly life, you should mingle with them, associate with them, and show them the beauty of Islam. For example, no wine and no swine. So we are the most sober people on this earth, and you should show them the Islamic character. So inshallah, in a short period of time, he also, your beloved father, will embrace Islam. So that's the first thing. Second thing, make dua. Ya Allah, protect my father from Jahannam and the hellfire. Give him Iman and Islam, Ya Allah. So that can also happen, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala gives him hidayat and brings him to Islam. Third thing is this, if your father gives it to you as a gift, so you must remember, then you can take it as a gift, there's no problem. As far as inheritance goes, لا يريث المسلم الكافر ولا الكافر المسلم مصطفى صلى الله عليه وسلم said a Muslim cannot inherit from a non-Muslim and vice versa the hadith in Mishka Sharif, Mustafa Ahmad, various compilations so remember that will not happen as inheritance but as a gift if they want to give it to you so that's fine, no problem Shikam Mufti, next question it says Mufti, I've got a very special close friend we've really got a connection and we're close and I really want to get married to her but her parents won't approve because of status can she get married to me without the consent of the father but has my father's blessings Mufti? Remember once the lady does not have the blessings of her father biological father then the nikah will not be valid Mustafa Rahmatulil Alameen Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said La nikaha illa biwaliyin The hadith in Tirmidhi Abu Dawood Ibn Majah that the nikah is not valid without the consent of the wali, the guardian, in this case the father. So my advice to you, that send some sheikh or imam or somebody to speak to the father, and if he agrees, alhamdulillah, if he doesn't agree, he says no, he does not want his daughter to marry you, then both of you should just forget one another out of sight, out of mind, and inshallah, Almighty Allah will give you someone else. No sense pursuing this matter because the father is adamant and he does not want to give his daughter to you. She can indeed. Going on to our next question, Mufti. Um, it says, is it allowed to make uh, hadat and dhikr in Jamaat for someone who passed away and is it permissible to make seven nights and 40 days, Mufti? 
Remember, when a person, Muslim person, passes away, we do three things. Number one, we make du'a for the deceased. Surah 14, verse 41. Surah 14, Surah Ibrahim, verse 41. Rabbana filli, oh beloved Allah, forgive me. Wali walidayya, my beloved parents. Walil mu'minina and the believers. Yawmayakumul hisab, and the day the accountability is established. So you make that of dua. Surah 59, verse 10. Rabbana fill lana. O Allah, you beloved Allah, forgive us. Wal ikhwan in al-ladina sabakuna bil iman. Our brothers who passed away before us with iman. So dua for the deceased. This is Surah 59, verse 10. Second is you give charity in cash or kind on behalf of the deceased. Third is any nafil ibadat you do. You don't have to call people and all that individually you do it. So you must remember it's fine. You read Quran Sharif now at night or daytime. Or you read two rakat salat after maghrib, before isha, after isha. Or you fast on a Monday, Thursday, sunnah fast. You transfer the reward. So in Islam, there's no concept of three days and seven days and 40 days and all that. Anytime you can just do something good and transfer the reward to the deceased. Shukran indeed. Now, Mufti, I have interest money from a policy. I know it uh, can't be used to uplift the community. It can be used to uplift the community and not to benefit myself. But I know of a masjid, uh, some of the accounts are in arrears. May I give it to this money to the mosque? No, you cannot give it to the masjid for them to pay their water lights or whatever you. However, if they are behind with their rates and taxes, so it must go to the government, so then you can give it for the rates and taxes, so that will be fine. But not for water and lights, or for the huzu, or for the building, or for wages of the imam or the bilal. So that will not be acceptable. But if they are, you speak to the trustees, the chairman, whoever is in charge. If they say that they're behind with the rates and taxes, so that will be acceptable. Now, Mufti, we always tell the girls to cover their heads, especially when they go out at night because of jinn. The question is, what about the men? They don't cover their heads for the jinn, Mufti. You must remember that this is not to do only with the jinn or nighttime. Almighty Allah told us in the Noble Quran, Surah 33, Surah Ahzab, verse 59, Ya Yuan Nabi, O Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa azwajik, tell your beloved wives, Wabanatik, your beloved four daughters, it means your daughters, Wanisa il mu'minin, and the believing men must tell their women, Yudinina alayhinna min bihin, that the women have to cover their bodies, their hair, and everything else. So the command is for ladies, because remember, ladies, they are one that are very, very beautiful. And the men, they have to work and so forth. So therefore, Islam did not tell them that they have to cover their heads at all times or cover their upper body, you know, body and all that, so their chest and that at all times, because the man has to do the hard work. So therefore, he is the one who's the breadwinner. So therefore, Islam made the laws of aura different for men and women. For the man, it will be navel to the knees, and that portion must be covered. For the women, is the whole body. So except the face and the hands and that, so that is the aura of the lady. So therefore, Islam made it different, because the roles and responsibility of the male and female different. Shukran, indeed, the voice there of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain joining us from Durban, and of course uh, the sun is setting there in Durban, time for Maghrib, so we're going to greet Mufti just for about uh, five, seven minutes, inshallah, then we'll continue with Q&A. Shukran, Mufti, Assalamu alaikum.
Well, of course, uh, in the next, uh, say, about seven, eight minutes, inshallah, we will, we will um, uh, continue with Q&A. So in the meantime, you send through your questions via the SMS line to the number 47913. And do remember that SMSs are charged at 150. And before we pay the bills and bring you a, a, a consider, um let me just remind you, if you missed out last night, uh, we launched the festival on air, which is happening from the 7th until the 10th of May, inshallah. So from the 7th until the 10th of May, that is where we will have our festival this year. And like we did last year, it will once again be at Fekhiskal so do stay tuned uh, I mean there's a lot of people besides those wanting to go to the festival the festival goes but there's uh, those people that would like to make business as well so as far as uh, the stalls uh, food stalls all those other stalls and the exhibition goes stay tuned to the Voice of the Cape we'll bring you updates uh, for when that will be available to buy your space inshallah so that's happening from the 7th until the 10th of May at Fahis inshallah for now we're going to pay the bills keep those questions coming via the SMS line 47913 The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo Back to Q&A on 91.3 FM with myself, Muhammad Zayn Majid, and Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain joining us again uh, all the way in Durban this evening. Uh, we have received quite a few questions, alhamdulillah, so we're going to see how far we can get. Otherwise, it will have to stand over for next week. This question, the first question, this time, Mufti, it says, I'm a revert Muslim. I took the Shahada. I have friends, however, born Muslims who said uh, that they don't need to take the Shahada because they were born Muslims. Can Mufti please explain why this is true? MashaAllah, my dear brother, you have embraced Islam. We wish you very, very well, and you must remain steadfast. Every Muslim person, even if he's born in a Muslim home, he has to utter and declare the faith, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abdu wa rasulu. So the information they gave you is incorrect, my dear brother. And remember, for you, you have a special and added advantage. Mustafa Rahmatulil Alameen sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Innal Islam ayahadimu maakana qabla the hadith in Mishka Sharif. Verily, when a person embraces Islam, then the previous sins of the past, what he committed against Almighty Allah, remember that are forgiven. So, inshallah, you continue declaring the faith, and every Muslim, I am a Muslim, born Muslim, but even I have to declare my faith. Ashadu Allah, ilaha illallah, wa ashadu anna Muhammadan Rasulu. To say we don't have to do so. In Salat, we are doing it every day. In our other actions, we are doing it. So, what information they gave you is incorrect. Shukran indeed, Mufti. Next question it says, uh, uh, Mufti, can Mufti please explain? Is there a secret about uh, dua being accepted? Can Allah give me whatever I want? Remember, there are certain secrets, and if we follow that, inshallah, our duas will be accepted. We become people who are mustajabu da'wat. Mustajabu da'wat means people whose du'as are always or 99% of the time accepted. Number one, the manner and method of du'a. First, praise all, Allah, Jalla wa Allah. 
أفضل الدعاء الحمد لله the حديث المشكان شريف so when you start and begin your dua say alhamdulillah alhamdulillah rabbil alamin words like that then read salawat salutations durood sharif upon the master mustafa nabi muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam then you beg almighty allah with your needs Remember, there are certain prerequisites. Number one, the food we eat must be halal. Our income must be halal. And then when we beg Almighty Allah, our inner condition and state must be, as mentioned in Tirmidhi, إِذَا سَأَلْتُمُ اللَّهِ وَأَنْتُمْ مُوْقِنُونَ بِالْإِجَابَةِ When you beg Almighty Allah, then you yourself must have the firm confidence that Almighty Allah is going to respond to you. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَقْبَلُ الدُّعَاءَ عَنْ قَلْبٍ غَافِلِينَ Almighty Allah does not accept the dua from a heart that is unmindful. So we're making dua, but we're thinking about the Cricket World Cup. We're making dua, but we're thinking about the special in the supermarket. We're making dua, but thinking of our cook sisters. So obviously, these type of duas will not be accepted. Shukran indeed. Mufti, uh, on to our next question. It says, Mufti, uh, is there a special dua to make when one ziyaras uh, the cover of uh, Nabi Ibrahim salam, and others, Mufti? Remember that we, the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, believe Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam is buried in Medina Manawara. Regarding the other prophets and messengers, we say most probably they are buried there. For example, Nabi Ibrahim in Khalilur Rahman. So we say maybe most probably he's buried there with Nabi Ishaq alayhi salam, Nabi Yaqub alayhi salam, their honorable spouses. So we say that, but we can't say 100%. We must remember that beside Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam in Medina Munawwara. So when we go there, how when we go to Medina Munawwara, we say, As-salatu wassalamu alayka ya Rasulullah. As-salatu wassalamu alayka ya Habiballah. So we use all these honorary titles. So similarly for Khalilullah, Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam. As-salamu alayka ya Khalilullah, Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam. As-salamu alayka ya Aba Ismail. As-salamu alayka ya Aba Ishaq alayhi salatu salam. So you use all these honorary titles which all Allah Jalla Wala has blessed the prophets and messengers and then you make dua as well because remember duas are accepted when we in such Mubarak and blessed places. Now Mufti, my husband works for his father but does not pay him enough money to see to our family. If he leaves his father, his father will cut him off. Who does he choose, his father or his wife? He works seven days a week and we hardly spend any time together as a family. All I want is to have more time with him, Mufti. This is a case where the father now has become a true dictator that is telling his son that he must work seven days a week and he hardly has any time for his wife or children and then he just pays him a meager sum and maybe a, you know, a paltry salary. So obviously this is unacceptable and this is how hatred comes about. So either you both go, you, the husband and the wife, the son and the daughter-in-law, go and speak to the father, father-in-law, and explain to him the circumstances. If he's a reasonable person, he might understand. If he's adamant, arrogant, he doesn't want to listen, then make istikhara whether you should still stay in the business with your father or you do something on your own. 
And if you have the fear that your father will cut you off, remember that's totally haram for him to do. No father, no mother can deprive their son and daughter from the inheritance. Surah number 4, Surah Nisa, verse 14. وَمَنْ يَعْصِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ Whosoever disobeys Almighty Allah and Mustafa وسلم, regarding inheritance. وَيَتَعَدَّ حُدُودًا And to go beyond the limits, يُدْخِلُهُ نَارًا خَالِدًا فِيهَا Almighty Allah dispatches such people to Jahannam and the Hellfire for a very, very long time. وَلَهُ عَذَابٌ مُهِينٌ And a humiliating punishment awaits him. So you need to open cards and tell him. So my advice to you, first discuss this issue with your father. Either you go alone or with your wife and see what you headway you can make. If that does not work out, make istikhara, and then you go. But remember, never sever ties with your parents. Even if they are in the wrong, you must always keep contact with them and make dua for them. Shukran indeed, Mufti. Now, Mufti, what does one do when your Muslim brother or sister gets angry at you? Then after two years, they come back without any reason, Mufti. Remember that when people get angry, then normally it's because of three reasons. One reason the good Muslim will get angry with another Muslim is because that other Muslim is violating, breaking the laws of Allah, not reading Salat or not fasting or not worrying about their income, just go and work anywhere for the alcohol and the wine and swine. So that's a good sign if you're getting angry. Second one is this, we get angry because of our pride, because of our arrogance, that we feel we are superior and we look down upon everybody else. We consider them as inferior. That's why we get angry. That is not permissible. Quran Kareem teaches us, وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْضَ وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ you must subdue your anger. You must forgive people. Wallahu yuhibbul muhsineen. And Allah loves those who fulfill their duty with beauty. So it shows that is the Quran Sharif teaching us. And the third one is people get angry because of their own revenge. That that person beat them in something, or that person got some praises. So now they got the chance and they get angry at that person just because they want to show him a point to get even. So all this type of anger is not permissible. Mustafa Rahmatul Alameen Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Wala taghdab, wala taghdab. Try stone the Sahabi, do not lose your temper, do not get angry. And when we get angry, read, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Go and perform hudu. Go and change your posture and position. You stand go and sit you sitting go and lie down so these are the prophetic prescriptions how we can cool down inshallah and then things will turn out for the better inshallah now mufti um, is a nikah between a muslim male and a christian lady valid Remember that the Qur'an Sharif addresses this issue in surah 5 surah maida verse number 5 but remember, in this day and this age, we say, no, it is not permissible. And many of you in Cape Town and in the world, you'll heard of Sheikh Yusuf Qardawi, a senior alim in the Arab world and scholar, and I have his fatwa in Fatawa Mu'asara, a very academic and beautiful fatwa he has written on this issue, and he passed the fatwa, and we concur and agree with him. In this day and this age, it is not permissible for a Muslim male to marry a Nasraniya or a Yehudiya, to marry a Jewess or a Christian lady. I put it to you, my dear brother. 
You want to marry that Christian lady. She will bring wine and swine in your house. So what will happen? After one year, two years, she'll give birth to your children. What will she teach them? Islam or Christianity? So you think about the practicality about it. So therefore, it's not permissible to marry them. The voice there of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein here on uh, The Voice of the Cape, uh, 91.3 FM, and the program, of course, uh, Q&A. Uh, next question, it says, uh, Salam Mufti, we just found out that my wife is pregnant, alhamdulillah. What would be good to recite throughout the pregnancy? Well, there's still a few months before the baby's born, so we're going to pay the bills. When we come back, we'll give some beautiful advice to this couple, inshallah. Listeners, Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. into the last few minutes of our program Q&A on uh, The Voice of the Cape and uh, yes unfortunately a lot of the questions will have to stand over for next week inshallah. Well the we question we posed Mufti before the break it says uh, we just found out that uh, my wife is pregnant alhamdulillah and what would be good to recite throughout the pregnancy Mufti? Right, you can give your wife a good a hug because now she will need all the support both of you from tonight after Maghrib, read Surah 3, verse 38. Rabbi habli mil ladunka zurriyatan tayyiba. Oh, beloved Allah, grant me from your side such offspring that are pure, pious, good. Inna kasami'ud dua. Oh, Almighty Allah, you are the one who listens to the dua and supplication. Surah 3, Surah Al-Imran, verse 38. Surah 25, verse 74. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa zurriyatina qurata ayun. And then read, wa aslih li fi zurriyati. Surah 46, verse 15. Surah 46, Surah Ahqaf, verse 15. Wa aslih li fi zurriyati. Ya Allah, bring about reform, piety, goodness, and give us a healthy, bouncing baby, ya Allah. So wonderful, beautiful duas in the noble Quran. Shukran Mufti, our final question for this evening. It says, Mufti, I have two sons from one father. How do I distribute their father's inheritance? The eldest son was born out of wedlock and the youngest one was born within our marriage. Remember, yeah, there are two, three different issues. So let us take it one by one. The son that was born out without a nikah, meaning that out of wedlock, so his lineage does not go to the father, his lineage goes to the mother. Mother dies, then the son inherits. The son dies, the mother inherits. Father dies, he, the son, does not inherit. So let's start with him. So we will say, tell the husband that he is the father, inverted commas, that for that illegitimate child, in Islam we have this law, Upon death, first is burial, funeral expenses. Second is the debts of the deceased must be paid. And third is wasiyah. Wasiyah can be done for adopted children, illegitimate children. So tell your husband now he should provide up to one-third for this illegitimate child. So that could be something to give him something to carry on with in life. So that much he can do, whether it's 33 and one third percent or anything less, 30, 25, 20, 15 percent, whatever he decides, so that he can do. And the fourth one will be that I don't know who the other A's are, 
But if it is only you, the wife and the son, so then you, the wife, will receive 12.5% and the remainder will go to the son. If his parents are alive, they will receive 1616 and then the residue remainder will go to the son. And in your case, you must remember that if you pass away, sister, then your both sons, that if they are from you, both of them, then remember that they will inherit from you. And, you know, I don't know who the other heirs are, but if you pass away, then your husband will get 25%, and the remainder will go to both sons if you pass away and both sons are from you. If your both parents are alive, then they will get 1616, and then the remainder will go to the two sons. The main thing you must remember is, illegitimate child, the lineage goes to the mother and not to the father. Shukran indeed, Mufti. That concludes all our pro, all our questions uh, this evening that we have time for. Shukran to everyone for tuning in and, of course, uh, for sending in uh, their questions. Uh, we've got about three minutes left for some nasikha, inshallah. We will discuss one topic today which is killing and destroying our Muslim community throughout the world, and that is hazard, jealousy, envy. What indeed is jealousy and hazard? Number one, know the definition. You just have this ardent and strong desire. The bounty must be snatched away from that person. Why does he have a good, smart wife? Why does he have such good children? Why is he living in such a beautiful home? Why is he or she driving a nice car? So all these type of jealousy, the rages in us, and we don't want it, but that person also mustn't have it, and we're making dua, or we wish that it must be snatched away from them. So this is jealousy. What are, how can we protect ourselves from jealousy? We know people are jealous of us because of our business, or because of our fame, or whatever it is. So read, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ and in the ending you find Wamin Sharri Hasidin Ida Hasad Ya Allah you protect me from the envy and jealousy of those who are jealous and envious. And the person who is jealous, he should praise that person of whom he is jealous. Somebody is jealous of Muhammad Zain or whoever, Mufti Aki or whatever. So you must remember, praise that person in his or her absence so that jealousy will decrease inshaAllah. Otherwise, if you're going to continue with the jealousy, Iyakum wal hasada, the hadith mentioned in Abu Dawood, Mustafa sallallahu said, abstain, refrain from your jealousy, for inna al hasada ya'akulul hasanat, the jealousy will devour and eat up your good deeds. Like as the fire, you must remember, devours and eats up the hood. We saw the fires in Cape Town. You saw the damage and destruction. So we are now with the jealousy going to wipe out and destroy all our good deeds, a majority of them, Allah forbid. So therefore, and another thing, Almighty Allah made that person so handsome. Almighty Allah gave him that wealth. Almighty Allah gave him that honor. When we say we are jealous, it means we are not happy and pleased with the judgment and decree of Allah. So it is as though as Allah forbid, Allah forbid, now we are to object on Allah himself. 
So see what and where it reached to now. So may all Allah remove us, remove from us this quality of envy and jealousy, and then inshallah our hearts will be united, and then we will become a dynamic ummah. May all Allah bless you, my dear brother Muhammad Zain, the entire team of the Voice of the Cape, all the esteemed listeners, make dua for us and the ummah at large. Barakallahu feek, shukran jazeelan, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khair to you, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain, and of course we hope that you have a pleasant stay in Durban, inshallah. We look forward to having you on air again next week. Akriti, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi.